Welcome back. Welcome back, guys, to episode 10 of the Checking VAR podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to another episode. We at the Checking VAR podcast are so proud because we've hit one of our milestones even quicker than we had expected. And none of this would be possible without your patronage. So we just want to say a huge, 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 huge thank you. Um, For this episode, we have two very special guests and <laughs> <laughs> i am really glad to have them on the podcast i'll have both of them go and introduce themselves so you guys go ahead Hi, the floor is thanks yours. for having me on the podcast um my name is Obumpuma and i'm a proud chelsea fan and before we even get into it i just want to give a special mention to chelsea legend hazard who was on the score sheet for real madrid um last weekend and I know that I speak for all Chelsea fans when we say that we want him to 100% succeed because Loki, I think he'll come back to Chelsea to end his career. So, yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> to, to, to be here. <laughs> all right. And our other guest? Um, I should be no stranger to the family of, you know, the pod. Um, you guys might have seen me on the, mm-hmm. on the TL, you know. Talking my stuff, <laughs> talking my Chelsea stuff, you know, and and the name behind the voice is Floyd, aka Fernando Torres Jr., aka Striker. <laughs> Les garçons. And and I'm I'm ex- <laughs> Les garçons. and I'm I must say I'm I'm extremely elated to be you know on the pod. It's it's a fantastic idea. It's something that um our circles have been screaming for for a long time, and to see how you guys have you know rallied around to get this going is is exciting so glad to be here and looking forward to the episode yeah yeah. awesome awesome so before we delve into chelsea matters we have to start this podcast at old trafford with our (laughs) residents man you and arsenal fans koku donko and park of simpson ladies and gentlemen (laughs) all right so guys just real quick actually I want to go to Parkofi because last week he was very distraught. Parkofi, what are your thoughts and reactions on this weekend's fixture? Party after party. Party <laughs> after party. Party after party. What a brilliant, brilliant performance from Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Look, I said it. Remove Xhaka from the side and let's... Look, Thomas Party had Mohamed Elneny looking like the second coming of Gattuso. Did you see how our midfield... This was actually one of the best midfield displays Arsenal have had in about the last five going on eight years. Thomas Partey is, is for me, the signing of the season. It's, it's clear. If you have guys like Roy Keane, Manchester United legend, who was battling uh-huh. it out with Vieira, saying that Partey reminds him of Vieira. I'll take his opinion for it because he literally played against Vieira. Like, I know I was, you know, in the last episode, it was a bit doom and gloom because we lost <laughs> <bit>. Leicester. <laughs> but it seems as though slow but sure, we went, we went to Old Trafford for the first time in years. 
with mm -hmm. a game plan and executed it brilliantly. Mikel Arteta is doing something, right? I wouldn't say that, okay. you know, Arteta is the best coach in the league. No. I'll say that slow but sure, you can see the progress. And all that's right. all Arsenal fans have been calling for. We are not calling for, you know, 2010 Inter Milan. We just want to... In these games, we want to be competitive. You see, mm -hmm. we are not like certain teams in blue who go and buy players for close to 500 million <laughs> and just be buying trophies here and there. Where, you see, we mm -hmm. build Gabriel, 22. Saka, 18. Pate, Elneny. Look at all these names Ateta has improved. And mm -hmm. to be fair, I have to say this. Manchester United, I think... Oli is still trying to figure out his best squad. So maybe we caught them at a good time. But all in all, brilliant display. Best Arsenal display I've seen in about three years. All right, all right, all right. Let's 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 move to Koku. Let's move to Koku. Because I feel like from the Man United camp, the 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 sense I was getting was one of confidence going into this game. They are just beating Newcastle, they attend over PSG. Okay, fine. There was a stalemate draw against Chelsea in there. But on the balance of power, Man United feels like they should have beaten Chelsea. They absolutely disgraced um, Leipzig. So I'm 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 wondering, Koku, why do you think Man United are so inconsistent? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I don't even know where to begin, you know, with breaking down Man U and our season so far. Anywhere you want to start. But I'll say one thing though, is that Ole is a working target for Man U fans right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm only saying working target for fans who still don't fully believe in him and what he's trying to build. Because one, he has no notable past success at this level. His trophies are moody. And because there are supposedly better managers who are available to go for. So all these things happen that when Ole can go on a very good run, but then we lose and then suddenly say, like, oof, you see, I told you, this guy is not what I thought he was. Let's go for Poch. But I'm not here to talk about all that because, you know, anyone on the podcast, you know that me, I was only in from the beginning and I'll stand by him. Because <laughs> I, I, it's there for me to see what that he's trying to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'll say, I'll say this though, it's, it's, he's in the second, uh, year of his contract and i'll say it's too early for us to start panicking because i remember when we were on this podcast about three weeks ago and people brought out the fixture list psg chelsea Leipzig, arsenal people are saying Ole is going to be gone but now some stats here for you so we've played five games since the space loss mm -hmm. we've won three lost one and drawn one out of those five games, you have only considered three goals and two were own goals. One was a penalty. So, I would say, you can see there's something happening. There's progress. Okay. There's progress. And I would say for me, our defense is notably much better. And kudos to Harry Maguire and Lindelof. They are performing much better than I expected. And in terms of our strike, Marsha hasn't played since space in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And um, Greenwood is yet to also hit the mark. So there's a lot of, you know, cause for optimism okay. in the fan base. So I would just say, my new fans should just 
relax a little bit and things will come and luckily for us our run after everything is pretty straightforward west ham southampton i mean these are teams who on their day could beat us but for the players we have we should expect to beat you know anybody but the problem right now is though is that i feel like after the space match all you got into this interesting place where one he was trying to stop us from conceding goals mm-hmm. so he brought in fred and mctominay and you can see since the space match we have been approaching games in two phases so up until like the 70th minute we'll contain teams and try and get the goal on the break mm-hmm. and then from the 70th minute you see that we actually take the game to teams mm-hmm. we did it against especially against chelsea mm-hmm. you see that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. so i mean the thing about the arsenal victory i don't like to it's very painful and kudos to kudos to Arsenal though. But I feel like Arsenal showed up to Old Trafford. How you expect them to show up after losing about three games in a row? You know, I mean they lost to Leicester. <laughs> Who did they lose to? So I mean Arsenal needed that to put on a performance. Okay. And kudos to Ateta. They did that the first half. I was watching the first half and I was in shock. I was like, eh, Charlie, Arsenal really playing. They are really playing us. And you know, second half the game could have gone anyway if we hadn't considered that penalty and then we had gone on to make a goal. It would be a different story. Mm-hmm. People were like say like we dug out and we got, you know, we got the victory. But despite all that, there's there's one thing I noticed from that match though. And it's funny, so my new fans were calling us for a diamond midfield. <laughs> we played a diamond midfield. It doesn't go and people are coming for all his head. Hey, you called for the diamond formation. We played the diamond formation. In the second half, we realized it was not working. It changed to kind of like a 4 2 3 1. Mm-hmm. And you could see we, we, were, we were getting better. But by then, you know, the Arsenal got that penalty. But it's unfortunate. I think for me, the main problem from that game was in the first half and our pressing. Because one thing I realized is Greenwood and Rashford, I don't see them as a 4 2 anymore. Oh. all of them are the same they like okay. to drift out wide none of them like to hold up the ball mm. and they are very bad at starting the press i have a start here so against Leipzig, marshall on his own mm-hmm. attempted eight successful presses mm-hmm. do you know how many greenwood and rashford combined attempted eight so <laughs> for each, so and and, and I've, I've gone to watch little bits of pieces of that game and our pressing was atrocious there was a point El Nini got the ball at at Arsenal's, you know, Leno gave the ball to El Nini. And he had the whole of the midfield to run into and give the and I was like, Jesus, where is the pressing? And you could see because of that, everything was disruptive. Mm-hmm. They were not pressing from the front, so they were breaking the lines easily. And then Fred, the problem with Fred and only made a mistake. He was playing Fred as the CDM. Yeah, I was. I was, I was going to ask you about that because <laughs> mm-hmm, you see, mm-hmm. you mentioned the diamond, yeah, and mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing, I mean, when Oli plays the more defensive formation, he has mm-hmm. two CDMs in Fred and McTominay. Mm-hmm. But when he's played the diamond, he's played Fred on the right, Pogba on the mm-hmm. left, and then Matic in the holding role. And everybody in a natural position. As soon as I saw McTominay mm-hmm. playing. CDM, mm-hmm. I knew you guys were were, were not going yeah. to, to So you confused the whole system mm-hmm. because they also came to a position where Fred almost had to come. Fred and McTominay was like they were playing the same position. 
were occupying the, the same, same spots. Yeah. And then because we didn't have Matic, who could be a progressive passer in the first half, mm-hmm. Fred was having to play almost centre-back. You come and collect the ball from Maguire and Lindelof, and you try and progress. But McTominay, I would even feel safe passing to McTominay because he's just going to he's just going to pass the ball back to me. He doesn't like to take any <laughs> risky passing, and he's not he's not very confident at progressing the ball. Yeah, yeah. And so man, it was just cal- calamities everywhere. And in the second half, unfortunately, he had to take Fred off. He was on the yellow, and he was committing so many fouls. Mm-hmm. I feel like Oli was afraid. He brought Matic on, but by then, Charlie, man, so I don't know. Okay, but you know, mm-hmm. in 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 looking at Oli and Arteta, mm-hmm. both of them, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll forward this question to Obin Palmer. Looking at the way Man United <laughs> and Arsenal play, some would say that both of these teams play better in games that they are not expected to win. So games that they are the underdog. Like for instance, let me say if if Arsenal were playing at home, if Arsenal had just beaten Liverpool and Man City, Man United would go to the Emirates and beat Arsenal. Man United on this good run of form, Arsenal losing a couple of games, trust Arteta to come to Old Trafford, set up shop, and Arsenal nick a victory. So these big teams here, what what do you make of them? playing games as like underdogs, almost like sitting back and hitting on the brick. I feel like for most of the big teams, at least Chelsea's Arsenal and this season, it's all about finding balance. And especially for mm-hmm. um, Arsenal, the key is always in how they set up their midfield and their front three. They could have easily won the Leicester game if their front three were more clinical. So I feel like in mm-hmm. games where their front three show up, they are more likely to know, like bury the games early and take the victory. But yeah, I think Arsenal like the underdog story. Anytime they are the underdogs, you can see like Arteta, that's where his his um tactics comes to play. That's where the players feel the pressure. And also with the introduction mm-hmm. of party, as um Pakofi was saying, you can see that they're beginning to develop some kind of confidence. And so I feel like once they find a good balance in their team, whether they're the underdog or not, like there's definitely potential on the side. So I'm excited. But can I just say yeah. it's always surprising. In fact, it's not surprising how Arsenal fans always come for how Chelsea have spent this summer. If, <laughs> if they had the same money, they would do the same. It's just That's that true. right That's now, they true. don't have the funds, so they should relax. It, That's very true. It, it's, to be honest, last season, they spent 72 that. million on paper, so... Exactly. Hey. And this is no, the same guy. It's, it's good you mentioned that. And, <laughs> and I wanted to say, Koku, you, you guys mentioned how Arsenal and Manchester United, they seem to have like a defensive switch. Like if there's a game where they need to sit back, they have a team that they can put out to like sit back and, you know, try and make a victory. You see, my thing with Chelsea is they've spent a lot, but it seems as though Lampard is going like the Wenger route. Okay, we'll play our football and we'll beat you. Like he doesn't have a switch. Like, and Fred, I I want to know your take on this. Like, because... When Chelsea played mm. Manchester United at Old Trafford, let's be honest, Manchester United dominated that game. United should have come away with a victory. Do you think Chelsea have, like, yeah. or Lampard is able to have that, like, alternative formation where he's able to set up defensively? Because if we look at your Burnley game, you played fantastic football. But against the bigger mm. teams is where I feel like Chelsea are going to struggle. 
Um, it's, it's good you mentioned that. So in terms of switches and, you know, being tactically flexible, I think until... Should I, should I, I don't want to give credit to Conte, but I have to give credit to Conte. Until he came in with that, you know, that three after the, the Arsenal game, I don't think a lot of Premier League teams were putting an emphasis on that. Everyone was, you know, kind of like, this is our game and we are going to stick to it, regardless of what the circumstances are. We'll try and grind it out. And so until that happened, so I think we kind of shifted the paradigm. Um, and with regard to Lampard, I think I think he definitely he definitely has that flexibility as well. If you look at the United game, which is our uh, most recent game against a, a top six side, he he made the adjustment to to sort of box in the likes of Rashford and Greenwood, who are you know very good runners in behind, and to isolate them against maybe Zuma and Thiago Silva, who are in their own right very good defenders one on one. Um, Lampard just wanted that extra security because he knew that United were, you know, fairly confident going into the game. He just wanted to make sure that as we are in this phase of finding mm-hmm. defensive stability, we keep that run going. And I think that was a game plan going in. I don't think um, Lampard necessarily wanted to lose or go in for a draw, but I think he was looking to come out of that game knowing that defensively, progress has been made from where we were before. Because, I mean, coming from Southampton, conceding three goals, you want to shore up and, and make sure that you have something good going forward. Because going forward, I mean, as Mariana has mentioned previously on the pod, Chelsea have no reason to be worried. I mean, everything will fall in definitely. place. We definitely. bought the players. Everyone is looking for them to perform. Yep. They will definitely perform. Ziyech has shown you guys. Werner mm-hmm. has showed you guys. Havertz will show you guys. And, and I feel like there shouldn't be any any cause for panic, especially for Chelsea fans. And in terms of managers and everybody, like, I mean, we are United Chelsea and Arsenal fans here. I feel like our fan bases have to, you know, get some patience for our managers because if you look at the great managers of the Premier League, Alex Ferguson, um, Mourinho, even even Klopp, it's always taking time. It's always taking time. Until we... We, we get away from this phase of football Twitter and <laughs> quick results, you know, we won't we won't understand what it means to 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 build a system that works. Klopp took five years, it might take another manager four, three, mm-hmm. maybe even seven. But I feel like especially with Chelsea, we were the ones to, you know, switch managers at almost after every other season. But now you can see that we are moving towards a direction where it's kind of like yeah. We are looking for stability. Yeah. We've got these young players. We're trying to build something that works. And so going forward, out of the top six, I think we have the, you know... The best base. The most yeah. ideal path. Exactly. And I think we are we are on on a path to ultimate greatness. We are going to win at least <laughs> three Premier League titles in a decade. We are going to pick up a Champions League title. And I'm not just saying Hands this as down. a hot take. I do, I do very much believe that because... Our board and the team, all backed by the owner, lo- are looking to do something great. And with Chelsea, you've seen that when they put the money in and they put the, you know, desire and passion behind it, results yeah. definitely come through. So we're we are going to do something yeah, yeah. big. Definitely, definitely. If we move to like a more formations-based talk, we've been yeah. calling for Lampard to play this, you know, 4-3-3 that we all know he wants to play with. Almost like the Man City 4-3-3 where they had 
Fernandinho holding De Bruyne and David Silva as like more attacking minded midfielders. And we saw it, you know, Mason Mount. Yeah. Finally, he's not playing on the wing, and then people actually realize that oh, this guy is a good player. You know, <laughs> he was basically first in everything: yeah. most assists, most chances exactly. created, most shots, greater distance covered, recoveries, tackles. Kai Havertz again. I, people, people say my guy goes missing, <laughs> but does. my guy just knits everything together. You understand? Hey, he knits. You see, I think the problem is Kai Havertz here. When, when you are so talented and so smart <laughs> football-wise that you can play multiple positions. So I don't think there's another player who can mm. play striker and play central midfielder as well as he can in both places. You understand? And mm. is, is, is that okay. level of football IQ at 21? That makes me believe that we are, we are destined for some great years ahead of us. So, Guys, I want you to to talk about this four three three. What 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 did you think of it? What did you think of Ziek? And we haven't even seen Pulisic play in this formation yet. What what do you think of it? And what do you think of how it affects like our offensive and defensive games? Yeah, I think as we saw against Burnley, like four three three clearly gives us the best balance in terms of offensive and defensive um, energy. Because we know Mendy, he's doing the job for us. He's had five out of six clean sheets in his last game. And so we can see that clearly <laughs> um, there's confidence coming in the back line. And I think um, Silva was immense for us in the Burnley game. And oh, hopefully, so immense. Exactly. So hopefully immense. he's teaching Zuma some of his tricks so that um, mm-hmm. as he mm-hmm. gets older and worse away, we know that we have Zuma, Rudiger. There's so much competition in the middle already. We know that like even if Rudiger replaces Silva, like there's no drop in the ball. So kind of raising the bar slowly but surely for our defensive work. And then we know what Reese James and Chilwell offer, offer us in terms of running down the wings, shooting the balls and across. And even um, when Chilwell didn't have like a perfect game um, versus Burnley, we still saw like the threats of um, of his cross. And so it's always good to yeah. have that potential. Yeah. And in the middle, we had our mighty Kante <laughs> as the one-man pivot. And I think I saw a tweet that said he looked like championship winning Kante. And I couldn't agree more. Um, he was playing in his his natural position. He was commanding the mm-hmm. midfield, always interrupting um, the opponent's play and giving us a chance um, on the counter. So, yeah, Kante for sure. Yeah. Kai Havertz, I will leave Floyd to defend Kai Havertz. Kai, Kai. I feel like he gives the ball away at, criti- at critical points a little bit too much for oh, me. Oh, definitely. But definitely. Floyd has this high-risk, high-reward system he can explain, maybe, for Kai Havertz. But yeah, no, you talk about Mason Bounds. I also think mm. he was also like incredible for us um, in the game against Burnley. And I think Tammy Abraham as well. I don't think people were mentioning him enough yeah, in terms of yeah. his link-up play, dropping in, so that they're yeah, not going to come um, into the striker role. So... I feel like 4 3 is honestly the way to go. It's, we are yet to see mm-hmm. how it works against the bigger teams. and But yeah, yeah. It, it's brought back excitement to the club. Mm. And so, yeah, let's see how it goes. Mm. <laughs> honestly, honestly, when it comes to Kai Havertz, the thing is, we have to, we have to take into consideration the fact that he's only 21. And the numbers he has pulled up in his very short career so far are uh, nothing well, short of outstanding but the thing is the thing is he reads he reads the game at such an elite level like the way he understands the game is very rare to see he reminds me of 
Guti Hernandez from um, Real Madrid mm. back in the day. Very slow and, you know, almost like a draggy feet type of approach. But style. he kind of glides, yeah. makes the right decision. <laughs> um, his touch on the ball is exquisite. And he just, he, it's just, it's just a player who mm-hmm. needs the ball and needs the team behind him to trust that mm-hmm. he'll make the right decision. And I think, especially since you've mentioned that he's lost the ball a couple of times, that is us allowing him to do what he has to do. This is Lampard. I think this is something that Lampard has gone to the team and spoken to the team about that. To get the best out of this player, we need to get the ball at his feet. And you can see, even now in that number eight, that RCM slot, you can see that when he's moving the ball from the back towards goal, it's a head-up approach. He's looking left and right, looking for his best options. Ziyech is coming in deep to try and help supplement that. He lays it off to Ziyech and Ziyech does the honors with the pass. And so even now, his reading of the game is going to be elevated because he doesn't have to, you know, focus too much on being the mm-hmm. one to deliver that final pass. He just has to make sure he lays it off into Ziyech in the right spot so Ziyech can do the magic. Because Ziyech has one of the most refined left like left foots I've seen yeah, in, yeah. In, in a long time. So I think with him, it's just patience. And as a fan watching him, understanding mm-hmm. how he plays the game, and one thing I'm really impressed with him about is how his defensive yeah, work rate. He doesn't yeah. get enough credit for that. But this is a man who knows that, yes, I'm going to lose the ball. But what I'm, I'm not going to do is I'm not going to let the ball just go. I'm going to fight for it if I do lose it. And honestly, at 21, with him and Mount in that position, I think, I, honestly, I get too excited speaking about it. That's why, I like, you know, mm-hmm. my voice is breaky and everything. But look we are on the right path. And I think the Premier League... Especially with this 4-3-3, mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it will work against certain teams simply because Chelsea are just going to get our muscle in mm-hmm. midfield. S- simply. Ziyech is skinny, Mount is tiny, mm-hmm. Havertz is skinny. Like, if they come mm-hmm. up against a party and uh, <laughs> Mohamed El General... You know, that's mm-hmm. Pate and, and El Nini are bossing that midfield any day. Because here's my thing, though. Yes, yeah. going forward, Chelsea look excellent. To me, I think Ziyech was the best player they signed this window. But yeah. against a low block and against a, a midfield with the likes of, you know, a Sissoko or, you know, just dogs in the midfield, it's it's going to be very hard to have Ziyech and Havertz impose their win on the game, you know. Because if Havertz mm. spends ha- half the time on the ground, <laughs> what, what time does he have to pick the pass? You know, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's why I keep on yeah. saying, and I look at Chelsea's bench, you know, I don't see anybody, that, the quote-unquote big game player who comes into the... The midfield secures it. I, you know, maybe Kante could have like a Premier League title winning season where he just does that. But I don't think this Chelsea team is ready yet. And that's why I think they'll finish fifth. Because <laughs> you can't always depend on a 36-year-old Thiago Silva. Zuma, Zuma is class, mm-hmm. but Zuma isn't, you know, he has an odd mistake in him here and there. And when you look at other teams mm. like Arsenal, Man, um, Manchester City, I almost said United, <laughs> Liverpool and Spurs, you know, you, you you get the feeling that, you know, those teams, they are well run. 
they have quality space. We'll get to space actually, but they have changed my mind on those guys. But yeah, um, I just think Lampard needs an alternative because four three three is a formation you see elite teams playing. I'm talking Barca 2011, Manchester City 2018. 433 is like it's like the premium cut of steak. Okay, yeah, only that's a where... select few, only a select few can play it well. You need extreme quality to play yeah. that formation well. Like you saw mm-hmm. what happened when Ateta played 433 with Xhaka. Like, yeah. So um we'll see. We'll see. Chelsea are oh, interesting. Yeah. They'll finish fifth. Hey, wait, let me I clarify. Think it's you good have that Arsenal finishing mm-hmm. in the top four. Back with you. Oh, I have us challenging for the title. <laughs> with anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, but we have the best defensive record in the league. <laughs> Defense wins this title. This this best defensive record in the league thing. Yeah. What's what's what metrics are we using to judge best? Is We've it considered goals the considered? Least goals. Okay. Yeah. Right, cool. And Gabriel Mangalesh is the best defender in the league. <laughs> yes. I don't even think he's the best defender at Arsenal. Honestly, he should have been sent off the last game. <laughs> so he's not even the... I don't think he's the best defender at Arsenal, you know. I feel like Holdinho. I feel like Holdinho is clear of Gabriel Mangalesh. <laughs> All right. But yeah, just to I just want to touch on even it's good that we are there are some non-Chelsea fans here. So that we can give the other side of you know the arguments. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You know, guys. watching watching the Burnley Chelsea game. Mm-hmm. First of all, Burnley have no midfield. So if you that midfield cannot dominate Burnley, I'll be very concerned. So I mean, yeah, you dominated <laughs> them. That was very nice. But even analyzing your goals, it was no goals where you cut up the opposition and you scored. The first one was a Zeke. I don't know what Nick Poop. Nick Poop. Since they started to hype him up just a little bit, he's just doing some very stupid things. <laughs> and oh, I think, goal, I, I think he uh-huh. slipped. Well, I think yeah. initially, because of the way mm-hmm. ZX shaped to shoot the ball, he thought he was going to the far right. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the last minute, he put yeah, it in yeah. the near post. So mm-hmm. that one, I'll I'll give him more to ZX, but Pope, Pope should mm-hmm. have done better. He slipped in, mm-hmm. in the end. But yeah, carry Zuma header. Benley, I don't know what's happened to Benley I mean, at the defense. For Zuma, course. that one, I don't blame Benley. Oh, I've told mm-hmm. you, Zuma has won all his aerial duels. He just has to nah, put them like on for, target in both boxes. For Benley, for Benley, I remember FPL in the past. If you're feeling lazy, you just plug a Benley defender in there. Or ben me, because Tarkovsky. you know you'll get. Yeah, but now they are losing to head like a header. Well, this is the second time. Mm-hmm. The point uh, I'll make to that is like this same Burnley mm-hmm. team yeah, played against Spurs mm-hmm. a week earlier mm-hmm. and they gave Spurs mm-hmm. a really, really tough time. Yeah. Spurs yep. with Kane so, on fire, Banu, Son on fire, more physical midfielders. But that's how we come to, to Spurs. That's how we come to Spurs in a little right, bit. Right. Because watching Spurs against Brighton, it reminded me of when Bruno used to be a manager. <laughs> you can actually see that they don't work on any Jose. possession shows <laughs> in training. So that would I don't know. It's it's unfortunate I'm no Spurs fans here. No, I will get one on soon. And I watched that Brighton game, for example. I did not feel with much confidence. Oh. They were very jittery. It was very start stop. Mm-hmm. Burnley dom- Brighton dominated for majority of the game. And just poor defending from Brighton, and you know, Bill got his goal. I feel Chelsea. I mean, yeah, 
you guys have class players, so I expect you to win a lot of games this season. Young, yeah. young class players. Surely. Young. Mm-hmm. And you have Lamp- I mean, if there's one thing for sure, and I've always said that Lampard, he knows how to get the team to play liquid football. So that is definitely also going to happen. I'm sh- surprised about the clean sheets. <laughs> so kudos to you guys too. Man, it looks like guys, now. The way Kepa was holding us back in. You have no idea. It really was. It now looks like there's some. And honestly, question though. Um, I think I think we have the best. Oh, sorry. Um, probably. Quick question for the Chelsea fans. Since it's a Ghanaian podcast. What do you make of um, Callum Hudson-Odoi? Like, do you think he's someone who should be getting more game time? Because... Against um, I've forgotten the Russian team he played in the but he played yeah Krasnodar. He he's been decent this season. Do you think mm-hmm. it's time for Lampard to give him a few starts in the league here and there? Um, I think you would you would want to see that as a fan. You want to see him get involved one way or the other. But what I've come to to learn from Frank in his first season is the fact that he he knows how to manage situations and players. This was this was a similar cry we had last mm-hmm. season, especially with Pulisic. Lampard was almost stingy with the players. Like we need to see him play. We pay, like we paid big money for him. Where's this guy? And Lampard says he's you know he's getting up to speed. He's getting his fitness. Like you're wondering what's happening. So I'll give Lampard like. The benefit of doubt because I, I'd say he's managing the situation. Same with someone like um, Fikayo Tomori. I feel like these are players who are ready and would walk into twelve out of the twenty mm-hmm. teams into uh, in the league. And so it's just it's just Lampard managing the situation, knowing that outside of getting your young players onto the field, you still have a goal to to win games. And so not to say they cannot win games for you because they definitely can with the quality they possess, but you put your best foot forward when you can and if there's a need for rotation here and there he would do that i think he's given him um the champions league game so hopefully he gets a game um against ren but he definitely definitely he has a big role to play for the team this season yeah he's he's one of the players i think will greatly benefit from the switch to the 4-3-3 because then he becomes an mm-hmm. the automatic right winger replacement if zia comes off hasnodoy comes on on the right um I guess Werner yeah. comes on for Pulisic on the left, but then if Werner is playing strike, Hasanodo is basically the next winger if you play a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. But if we play a 4-2-3-1, Mount becomes one of those wingers and then he has someone else in front of him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. moving on to Leeds and Leicester. This was another very interesting game. Um, first of all, I was, I was told during the week that I will have to apologize to Brendan Rodgers <laughs> For, for calling him a fraud multiple times. But to be very honest, I can't. What I saw from Leeds was despicable. Absolutely despicable. I'm I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Leicester played and they had mar- a marvelous game plan. They came in, sat back, defended well, and hit Leeds on the break. And Jamie Vardy... Kudos to him. The Leicester forwards, Harvey Barnes, under came on and caused a menace. Leeds, Leeds defense, though, concerns me. Concerns me really, really much. What, what do you guys think Bielsa will take away from this kind of game? Um, firstly, it's it's funny we have a striker on the podcast today. Floyd is a better striker than Patrick Bamford. 
I'm so serious. I'm very serious when I'm saying this. Patrick Bamford no is, is. I know he scored a good hat trick against Villa, mm-hmm. but come on, Patrick Bamford is not Premier League material. He early five five minutes into the game, he gets like a clear chance. How do you head that straight at Casper Michael? Yeah, but I would say. Leeds made a mistake in not trying to keep Ben White simply because coach is horrendous. Oh, and I think they tried. I think they tried really, but Brighton just didn't sell. Imagine. Yeah, like Leeds, you see, Leeds are the kind of team where it's like full energy. We're going to mm-hmm. outscore you. It, yeah. yeah, It's kind of like a boxer. Mm-hmm. He's going in early to try and get the knockout. So mm-hmm. they try and get go up quickly and no matter what, they don't change their game plan. So you see them still attacking. And I think this was one of, I'm sure Vardy, this was was one of the times where he was really happy because he just said, okay, we're going to leave Jamie Vardy of all people and give him space. This was the first time I had seen Vardy having to do stepovers because they gave him so <laughs> much space. He had time to control and even, you know. So... It's a tough one for Bielsa because especially with Calvin Phillips injured, their midfield too is not the best. You yeah. know, their defense is shaky. It's They are going to beat teams, yes, but against certain teams, it, it seems as though if you have a fast striker, you can get a lead. So I'm mm-hmm. saying this now. When Arsenal play leads, triple captain Aubameyang. <laughs> you know... <laughs> That's actually the kind of team team that I feel like Arsenal might might struggle against. But anyway, let's 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 move on to Leicester. Let's move on to Leicester. <laughs> so it's something really interesting. I saw an article on the Athletic that since Leicester lost Ricardo Pereira to a season long injury and Ben Chilwell, Brendan Rodgers has had to tweak the way they create because their system was really heavily focused on creating from their fullbacks. And then even now, they've lost Soyonchu, they've lost Ndidi, they've lost Castagna. So they are really playing without having six or seven first-team players. So I guess, reluctantly, I have to give Brendan Rodgers some 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 credits for the work he's doing. Koku, what do you make of what Leicester are doing? I believe they are up to... Yeah, they should be in the top four in the league right now. Yeah. yeah. What do you make of the yeah. work he's doing? I think even before I touch on Leicester, I think just to touch on Leeds for like 10 seconds. Go ahead, go ahead. I think Bielsa, Bielsa has quickly learned that this is not the championship. I'm sure <laughs> he could play against the way he played against Leicester in the championship. Teams who counter and do miss. And he get he can get away with it. That's true. But in the EPL where they are seasoned, Chelsea, Chelsea no, I Timo Werner is looking at this Chelsea this leads defense and he's just also bringing <laughs> like at first when i was facing leads i was a bit afraid but now Charlie with rashford i know the way we like to set up and it's going to be a very fascinating match to watch pacing so, i mean leads would be this will be also we we all know he's a great tactician this way he has to tweak it just a little but the problem with Bielsa is that and there's no there's no shock that pep gets his motivation from him mm-hmm. They don't really change a lot until they have to change. Otherwise, it's going to yeah. get really bad. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm afraid for Leeds in the sense that 
Actually, let me even check. Who 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 are they playing next? Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Charlie. I mean, you know what's great to expect from Crystal Palace. So Zaha might be looking at this, and he might be grinning. But I mean, on Leicester side, Rogers. I feel like Rogers. He doesn't get. I know Mona likes to say that Suarez helped Rogers to almost win the title. Mm-hmm. But I think aside that, when you look at that Liverpool team, Rogers almost took to the brink of it. You look at the guys he had in defense. I think Rogers deserves much more credit than he gets. And I don't want to say about him. I don't know if his personality or he's not a very charismatic guy, so people don't like no, him. No, I think I think that Liverpool team they used to outscore teams, mm-hmm. so like they win five three, yeah. four two. Plus they went to oh, but, yeah. but it still the system was working because if they are scoring teams, clearly he's working on something the training ground to make them score so many goals. And with Leicester, they went to Man City, they won. They went to Arsenal, they won. And they went to... I mean, what's that win? It's the same bomb me when you guys should beat us, <laughs> but we have taken it. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. There were, there were, there were levels to this win. Arsenal, but yeah, Arsenal but really any, the first half, but continue, any, continue. Even aside that, um, I like the look of Leicester, because when, when they have their like full squad, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I like the look of Unde. He looks like a brilliant winger. Yeah, he has a lot of ball sense. And shout out to my man, Yuri Telemans. I, I remember I was crying on the podcast. I want to see he get in the box. And I was happy to see he got in the You can see clearly now. Rogers has seen, yeah, this guy is more attacking than making him look like. So you can see that Vardy's header, he rebounded of the keeper. Telemans was the first for the rebound. I want to see more of that. So I feel like he's a brilliant player and he needs to get more involved with the goals. But let's start, Charlie. Last season, I also think it's quite understated how they almost got to the Champions League, if not for that calamitous ending. Mm-hmm. And I think Rogers also deserves huge credit there because I feel like it's a bit understated and people don't even remember it. And this season, who knows? He almost has done it before, so you just need to keep on consistency. Yeah. And they have a good defense. Wesley Fofana... He looks. He looks like he looks like a very good defender. Yeah, so yeah, at least that's that. Cause top six, they could if one of the other top sixteen fools. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough. Enough of Leicester and Leeds. Let's 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 jump to Spurs and Brighton. Hmm. Koku, you know. Let me let me just tell you guys. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends who listens to the podcast. And he said, every week we are saying someone is a new dark horse for the league. <laughs> first, first we had Liverpool, then we had Man City, then we had Man United, we had Spurs. <laughs> I think we have to take that title away from some teams. So definitely Spurs, I, so. I don't think they are dark dark horses for the league. What, what, what did you guys make of their recent victory against Brighton? Um, Spurs, I mean, I still think... Yeah, they are like, you know, they have a good shout to win the league eventually because of Mourinho, nothing okay, else. Okay. Um against against Brighton, it was just I mean, I don't know how to put it, but they just sort of lost their edge. I don't know if it's fatigue or whatever, but they lost after the first goal, they were like, Okay, you know, let's practice some defense. Let, let's have them come at us and then Let's see how mm-hmm. we can hold up against them. And they, they were literally inviting the pressure. They isolated the front three. 
Sissoko wasn't really doing much moving the ball forward and Ndombele was having another few games, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. his tricks and stuff with it. I mean, he has he has those moments where he just, you know, fizzles out into this dribbler who tries some tricks. I've seen football. I'm I've like, seen Sanji before in my team. He plays FIFA yeah, streets. <laughs> Another French man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like, they have everything going for them. You have very good dynamic wing backs, whether it's Davis, you are playing on the left, or Reguillon, or it's Doherty, or Aurea. You have, you know, full backs who can move the ball up and supplement the attacks efficiently. You have a very, very strong midfield that's like, you know, held at the base by Hoiberg. So, like, Everything should click. I mean, except their you know central defensive pairing, but I feel like having Hoiberg, Sissoko, and Ndombele maybe Hoiberg not in this, but like Hoiberg and Sissoko in front of that exactly yeah in front of that like back four you should be solid enough. So once you get your guys scoring goals, and I like the way they attack games, um they come out firing from the blocks, which is good. But then moving on, they have to get into that Mourinho habit of shutting mm-hmm. up shop, maybe quicker. Or, you know, I mean, they added the goals against West Ham and then they just went back into that slum of, you know, we want to defend almost intentionally. I don't know what it is, but they need to figure out how to be more dominant and imposing. And I think they still have a good, good shot because their manager is still one of the best in the game and he can make things happen like where they're not right, supposed right. to. Obron Palmer, what do you think of space? I have a question. Oh, yeah, you had a question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I think... Oh, yeah, I was just going to ask if we thought that um, Harry Kane's penalty was... Ah, you have (laughs) asked a question. You have asked a question. Okay, let me me just quickly put this down. Diving in the Premier League has become too rampant. Extremely. Ladies and gentlemen, we have grown men receiving flicks on their heels. And I'm not going to absorb, like, Chelsea players of doing this. I've seen a couple of penalties, Timo... I feel like some he could have stayed up. In in the current game, it would be called as a foul, which I understand. But I don't know. The the Kane one, the Salah one, those two especially didn't didn't look because they they definitely changed the outlook on the game. If Salah yeah. doesn't get that penalty, Liverpool go in at halftime, one nil down. It's a completely different game. West Ham are comfortable. As soon as West Ham, as soon as West Ham concede before the break, it's a different game. Kane. You can see Kane looks over his shoulder twice at Lalana. Lalana is looking at the ball. He doesn't see Kane. He jumps, Kane backs into him, and then it's a penalty. Like, I don't know what you guys think of it, but I think the diving in Premier League has has just reached a whole new level. Yeah. I, feel I, th- like- I think they have to move past. Sorry to cut you. But I think they have to move past, like, contact being the, you know, being sufficient to give away a penalty. Like, it should go beyond contact. It should be... There should be, you know, some malice involved before you you call a penalty. Because right now, if I'm a striker in the box outside of scoring a goal, another thing I'm looking for is contact. And once it's enough to, you know, move a limbo, like it's it's ridiculous. And I don't like the fact that the strikers are taking advantage of it. Obviously, you want to win, but have some dignity while you're at it. I mean, they should they should they should tweak the laws in some way to to mitigate that. Yeah, Pakofi, it looks like you have something to add. Um, okay, this is, this, this is a bit of a hot take, but I like this look of spares, you know, dirty spares. Because <laughs> like, um, in the All or Nothing documentary, you heard Mourinho say, it's like, you guys are nice guys. You know, you're nice not, guys don't you're not bad guys. You yeah. can, 
the reason mm-hmm. I, I I think Spurs could actually challenge for the title is simply because they are starting to look more and more like a Mourinho side. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think Mourinho, being a the defensive savant that he is, will eventually figure out how to stabilize Tottenham's defense. But I like how Spurs are different now. There's a bit more grit about them. You know, Pochettino had them playing nice football. They, they were looking good. Yes, Kane was scoring. But Mourinho has given them more of an edge, you know, where it's like, okay, yes, yeah, Spurs are now going to win by any means necessary. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should be diving and everything. But Mourinho, once he figures yeah. out, he's the kind of manager where once he has gunmen in his team, they always win something. Milito, Ibra, Ronaldo. And now he has Kane. Drogba. And so make Drogba. Dro- uh, sorry. I mean, yeah, Drogba. I, I, I don't know how I forgot that. Honestly. But now that he has Kane and Son in his team, it's like, I feel like his, his game plan is, okay, be solid, get one chance, go. We'll be winning one or two nil. Mm-hmm. And just keep uh-huh. it going. So we'll see. Uh-huh. Me and I called it Gareth Bill, slow but sure will be that third guy needed to take them over the top. Because the quality is still there, make no mistake. Uh-huh. So okay. yeah, spares spares are interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a team, you know, about two miles from them who are much better. Yeah, the best team in London, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's it's interesting to know, it's interesting to know that even though after this performance, it looks like they've been, you know, they underperformed. They still yeah, managed to come yeah. away with a victory. And you see, that's 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 what wins a title. Like you come away performing badly, you still mm-hmm. manage to steal a victory. Those type of wins, eventually they'll add up. So imagine them playing at full throttle. That would be something yeah. like something interesting. Really to quick. Yeah, and can I just add Go that um, the mentality and experience Mourinho is bringing to the side is starting to show. And he's kind of like this no-nonsense mentality. The number of times he's taking Deli Ali off at halftime, like, it's so frustrating. So he's kind of demanding the best out of the players. And, like, if you don't play if you don't play to his expectation, you're not going to play the next game. And so that kind of healthy pressure is, is, is keeping them going. So it's nice to yeah, see, but, yeah. yeah, definitely not the best team. Around. At all, at all, at all. Anyway, so Spurs opponents on Sunday, Brighton. Brighton have received... Lots of plaudits for their football. I think they played some of the best football against Man United in that 3-2 defeat where they hit the post five mm-hmm. times. But Brighton are not winning games. Mm-hmm. So what should should uh, Brighton just stop this very beautiful football? Because I think their problem is they can't score goals. Mope, Trossard, yep. they don't have a striker. Yep. And if they don't play this beautiful football, how are they going to create the chances that allow their midfielders to score goals? What do, what do you guys think? Brighton, I remember like episode one or two, I was shouting them out because mm-hmm. I was just impressed. You could see that they had like a young bunch of players mm. who they were bringing in and there was a clear philosophy from the manager. But from the Brighton boardroom, for example, they brought in, you know, Graham Potter to like signal a shift in philosophy. Mm-hmm. But if I know the season, I look at the league table, I'm like, wait, when we had, was it Chris Hutton yeah, was the manager? Yeah, yeah. Okay, 16th. Grand Potter, 16th. Okay, but oh, we are playing nice football. So maybe, like, and the problem with them also is now, because they are playing expansive football, unfortunately for them, they are better, they are better teams that who have better players. Mm-hmm. 
and it's going to leave them caught out at the back. So they will end up still involved in a scrap from like 15th to 20th because they just they're just teams with better players than them. Mm-hmm. Although despite the fact that they are playing some nice football. But I think for them, they're still a young team and if they are money to keep everyone and they go together, they get in some few some other guys here and there. I'm not they, I mean maybe eleventh or twelve. I honestly think they are one striker mm-hmm. away. Like yeah. a Callum yeah. Wilson mm-hmm. away from maybe 13, 12. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But I think the only problem Brighton do is that they don't like to go long sometimes. Mm. Like corners, then they still want to do their tiki taka and cross the ball. Yeah. And I remember in the space match, they were losing it was there for like 30 seconds. Just lob the ball inside. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. They still wanted to do fancy passing. They have the tallest the defender is... in the Premier League mm-hmm. than exactly. They don't cross yeah, the ball. They've done it several times. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's to be interesting to see what happens to them. Fortunately for them, they are worse teams like West Brom, Flam. <laughs> so definitely. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. All right. Speaking of teams, up and coming teams, let's look at Everton. Everton have now suffered two losses on the bounce. And I guess the question is has the Mersey side bubble best for Carlo Ancelotti? Um, I don't think so, just because um, they don't have adequate cover for Richarlison. Mm-hmm. Richarlison is that extra good threat, extra creativity that comes off the wing. And you know, with Iwobi, Bernard, it's not like I, I, I said this in one of the previous episodes the gap between Everton starters and their bench is starting to show. Like, mm. A few injuries here or there, and yeah, yeah, just like that. But also, I think it's time to put into question their defense because of late, Yeri Mina doesn't look so secure. So, I Carlo Ancelotti is an all time great, I feel like he's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saw somewhere that they're lining up a January move for Isco. Because he was, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because Isco is Everything is turning to Madrid annex. Uh, Isco mm-hmm. being out of wow. favor with Zidane. He's close wow. with Hammers. The owner be, willing to spend. I wouldn't say it's best. I feel like when you look at it, the January window is only eight weeks away. So I feel like a lot of teams, Arsenal included, are going to grind out results and get that January. missing piece in January. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Like a Husama wow or something. Mm-hmm. God willing, but um, go for Grealish. Go for Grealish. <laughs> not possible. <laughs> Too much money. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I wouldn't count Everton out just yet. I'll say the quality is there. Hammers, Richarlison, Andre Gomez on his day. They could beat a good side on their mm-hmm. day. Yeah. It, yeah. I wouldn't say it's time to panic. You know, when you look at the goals they conceded to Newcastle, it's I'll say the Southampton match was more more concerning than the Newcastle yeah, match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a penalty and then Fraser for breakaway. Yeah, 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 and that penalty again, Callum Wilson with a diving, yeah. maybe not diving, yeah. but still going down <laughs> easy. It's like what really upset me about that was the guy was screaming, yeah, until the referee blew the whistle and then he stopped screaming and got up and took the ball. <laughs> and that's when you know that okay. <laughs> Some of these guys deserve 
Oscars and Tonys for their for their good work <laughs> on the field. Antics. All right. So I think we've 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 discussed a lot of the major talking points from last week. Now let's shift into a different gear. Moving ahead, looking ahead. The tastiest game in this match day. Man City mm. at home to Liverpool. <laughs> this game <laughs> has pretty much decided who win. Okay, maybe last season aside, this game has pretty much decided who wins oh. the title. And Man City quietly have been racking up the 1-0 wins. Pep is actually keeping clean sheets. I mean, Liverpool have a shaky defense. Jota is playing well. This 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 game is going to be one of those really interesting ones. What do what do you guys think Very. was going to happen? Um, personally, oh, I, sorry. I think it'd definitely be no, you're good. Um, a high scoring encounter, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, like both of them for the most part have very leaky, shaky defense. Like I can't tell you what Man City's defense will give you at any point That's in true. time because sometimes they just lose focus. As for Edison, sometimes he doesn't make smart decisions. So I think the where the game will be won is in the attacking mm-hmm. threat. And to me, it seems right now that Liverpool's front three has gotten even more frightening, which we couldn't yeah, have seen yeah. coming because we thought that uh, Mane, Firmino, and um, Salah were like even scary. But yeah. Jota is clearly mm-hmm. on form, and if he gets the start um, this weekend. I'm definitely tipping on yeah. Liverpool to win. And I'm going to go for... Wow. Hey, hey. wow. Interesting. I need to wow. write your predictions down. Yes, even. this one. <laughs> this one, we must write it down. 4-3, 4-3. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. I heard someone say this week that Jota has shown Liverpool fans how bad everyone else was saying Firmino is. Because he's doing yeah. all the movements, he's doing all the pressing, but he's also scoring goals. He's also scoring he's goals. Scoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Floyd, what 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 do you think is going to happen at the Etihad this weekend? Um, I think yes, it's gonna be one mm-hmm. up top, but more importantly, what is supporting the four three of each team? And what I'm I'm really looking to see how both teams yeah. line up in midfield i think i i, I, I don't know I, I i just can't see the good player in rodrigo i know for the mature footballing eye he probably has something in there but honestly the guy just on the eye he's boxy yeah. he doesn't have any yeah Rodri, I, I just can't feel it maybe maybe <laughs> since that's, you know blocking me from seeing the, the good player in there but compared to someone like Fernandinho, who held down that role for those two title-winning seasons. This guy just seems like he doesn't have it naturally, and they're trying mm-hmm. to mold him into that role. And so, it's not it's not doing enough for Pep, because someone like De Bruyne is having to do an extra shift trying to cover up for Rodri sometimes, and it's like, that's taken away from him going forward. But I just believe whoever lines up the strongest midfield or even forget the lineup, whoever plays best in mm-hmm. midfield that day wins the game because we know both defenses are kind of shaky as Obama mentioned and we know both attacks are also very potent. So whoever has a strong midfield in the middle who plays a very hard and tough, gritty game, I think will edge in terms of predictions. Um, 
Let's go three two. So pretty much on the promise scoreline, but for for who tone down the goals? I think I think I think for okay, for Liverpool. You're writing them down. Um, <laughs> we are going to be held accountable. Are, are we are we playing at the? Is it is this? Yeah, it's here. It's here. Oh, it's here. Yeah, I'll give it to okay. still. So I'll say Salah. Wow. Two for money. And then. And then Sterling mm. and Laporte. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. From a yeah, back of you, yeah, what do you have? Kick. Like you know, um, head and head, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go three one City mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I like where you're going. Um, yeah, simply because City have a striker now. Gabriel Jesus came back exactly. and he scored. Exactly. Um, so we have Sterling moving our left to go and battle it out with Trent. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Look, Mares versus any left back in the league. I like it. Fernand Torres is improving, but Floyd made a key point about midfield. I think this is the time, it's a game where De Bruyne is going to say, look, I'm the PFA player of the year. Because slow but sure, you see him coming back, bossing the midfield. I am concerned about Rodri, but I'll say this though. I feel like if there's a Gundogan playing from deep, there's, you know, Manchester City have very creative midfielders. Mm -hmm. Liverpool today played, I don't know how, they were calling him Baby Van Dyke on... um, online today i'm not i've forgotten his name but yeah yeah yeah. um their defense is 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 very you know it's not they're still playing that high line that's not filming with any confidence and although i like the look of the front three they have with jota it's it's very nice how they're very fluid and interchangeable but for me money versus Carl Walker is always a mouth-watching matchup because they tend to exchange blows from time to time. One time, Carl Walker wins out. Another time, money, you know. And with Salah, I'm not a huge Salah fan like most people because I think Salah is a bit bummy. Like, personally, <laughs> honestly, personally, <laughs> I would take Amaris over um, a Salah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that kind of person. So... And I don't think Jota, you see, Jota is a kind, if you really watch Jota at Wolves, yes, you catch form, score the goals, but there are also matches where if a defender gets really physical with him, Diego Jota is, you know, yeah, a bit quiet. So I think Pep finally gets one over club, you know. Gabriel Jesus will get a goal. Uh, Mares, you know, you turn and you Robertson. Uh, inside out, <laughs> and it's the Premier League, so a penalty, De Bruyne. Yeah, do you want All right, all right, Koku, what do you think? Hmm. Nowadays, I've learned from the podcast that I have to trust my instincts. All right, and my instincts are just telling me that it's going to be a draw. Interesting, and yeah, I don't know because I'm thinking really hard of supporting evidence for both teams and why they can win mm-hmm. or why they lose. And it looks like one of those games where. I don't know. It's interesting what you mentioned about Liverpool defense. Because Joe Gomez and that Williams dude, hmm. I feel like so far they have been facing. This is going to be a real test for them. Yeah. And Joe Gomez, 
they have some they have some errors. Hey, who's who's telling against trends? <laughs> Another interesting one. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. This is tough. This is tough. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be like a two-two draw or something. Okay. Okay. To be honest, like they both both managers can't afford to lose, so it's going to be a draw. Mm. That's just how I feel like it's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Alright. I don't know, but yeah. What do you think? Yeah, for me, I think Man City are going to win. Um, partially because they are behind in the table, and I think they they need the points more. Um, even though they have a game in hand, they need the points more. Um, I think they're going to win because they have a better defense, like a more settled defense. Edison, Edison, yeah, he has his rash moments from time to time. But I'm really liking the Laporte, Ruben Neves partnership. Um, Rodri in front of them yes. can can do a job. Um, and then having Gabriel Jesus come back really, really gives them a lot of options because then now. Ferran Torres doesn't need to start the game. He goes onto the bench. Sterling goes out wide to his left-hand side. Mares starts. And then once this young defense has been chasing Jesus for about 60 minutes and they are tired, then we bring on the speed start to run them ragged at the end. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Man City. 2-1 Man City. Gabriel Jesus with one. And then I think Ferran Torres will score. I think Ferran Torres will score. And then Jota has to score at the other end. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's just really quick go through the other games. There, there are some other really mouth-watering games up on show. Um, Saturday starts off with Everton versus Man United. What do you guys make of that? <laughs> Actually, Koku, yeah, the Man U fan. Will Man United be able to bounce back? Let me ask the question. It's that really pinning me that in the US, I have to wake up at seven thirty to watch that game. <laughs> And how we perform is going to determine my whole mood for the weekend. Because <laughs> waking up early and we go and I go and watch some bamba me thing, I'll not be very happy. <laughs> I feel like unfortunately for Mami, I don't know why this happens to us, mm-hmm. but we always face the wrong teams at the wrong time. Everything I win less in two. Ancelotti wants his team to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it depends. Richarlison is not back. Hamas, if Hamas also not fit, I feel like we have enough firepower to be there. Honestly, and our defense looking more solid. Their threats nowadays is mostly from Kavilubin heading the ball. Maguire can take him on, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I saw some stats that Maguire wins about 75% of his aerial duels or something. Wow. I feel like we win that game like 3-1. Right, right. 3-1, 3-1. <laughs> Two one three okay. one. Lovely. I mean, I don't even know. I'm giving them a goal. <laughs> two nil. Two nil. I like the confidence. <laughs> I like the confidence. Open <laughs> Chelsea play Sheffield I... United on Saturday. What 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 are your predictions oh, yeah. for that game? Mind you, Sheffield have not won it, any it game this season, us. and I feel um, like they might be due a win, which I'm is scaring not me. Anything <laughs> but the win from Chelsea. Um, Amen. Um, we are looking at a two nil victory. Um, that that would be my prediction. All right, I'm expecting all, right. all um us to come out guns blazing, mm-hmm. bury the game early, and allow um some okay. of our substitutes to have a good chance oh. in the game. So tune in. All right, mm-hmm. lovely, lovely, lovely. Floyd, Leicester take on Wolves. 
Who do you got for that one? So, I'm so sorry to take you back, but I just realized I came on the pod and I didn't. Oh hit no way! <laughs> the floor is yours. The floor is yours. I want to rewind. I rewind real quick. There was a certain French man in I think the North Manchester side, West number six, and I've been I've been asking around about that that guy, and I think we've all been deceived i mean we've been lied to we've been sold heavy dreams and it's time to to let that guy go i know he has a moment of brilliance in him each each weekend but at the moment i was i was talking to a friend of mine and i said there was at least 20 midfielders in the epl alone wow can i just say something that's a lie pogba is a top five midfielder in the premier league let me tell you that let me I tell disagree. you why. I, I can't believe I'm coming to defend the Manchester United mm. team. But mm-hmm. if we're being honest, <laughs> Pogba hasn't been played in his mm. position since he's been at United. Paul Pogba, when you saw him at Juventus, mm-hmm. yeah, had more of a free role. Let's mm-hmm. let's not get it wrong. Paul Pogba is quality. Mm. Let's just cast your mind back to the World Cup. Mm. You saw what happened when Deschamps mm-hmm. gave him that free role. You see. And this is why I, I, I think to myself, mm-hmm. Manchester United fans are panicking. This is somebody who's recovered from COVID-19. And, you know, every, you know, they see what goes on in the media. So he knows every mistake, every touch. Okay, Roy King is going to say this, Roy. It, it, I think a lot of people don't consider the mental health of these players. Mm-hmm. Paul Pogba on his day is quality. But... Every it's like every game, everybody wants to see a ten out of ten. I don't think he was bad against Arsenal. Mm. Yes, he gave away a sloppy penalty. Yes. Yeah, I think Bruno was but worse. Exactly. Why does oh, he didn't even get the ball? So why yeah, why yeah. do the likes of Bruno get a pass? You know that that's my thing. And when po- I think it's because they give more mm. on the ball. Like Bruno, if he has a stinker, it's fine. But we know next week he's going to give us two assists and then maybe the <laughs> with a penalty. But with, with Pogba, with Pogba, the thing is, what hurts even more is the fact that we know he has it in him. And it's kind of like going back to 20 Premier League players being better than him. Like I could list them. I even have the list with me. So De Bruyne, okay, wow. <laughs> there was De Bruyne, there was Kante, there was Thomas Partey, there was Bruno Fernandes. Ah. There was Gundogan, there was Kovacic, there was there was Fred, there was even Fred, there was Henderson, there was Fabinho, there was there was Declan Rice, there was Indidi, there was James Ward Prowse, there was even Eve Bisuma, my guy, Billy, and Bisuma. And the thing is, the thing is. It's been four years of him not playing in his right position. Surely, somewhere in those four years, he has, he, he has had the free role. I don't. I I might have like I might have not watched all the you know United games in that period, but I'm definitely sure he's played in that role before. But he just doesn't impose himself enough on certain games. I think the best performance of his I've seen, maybe because of the two goals, was the mm-hmm. game against City when the they title, had a chance yeah. to win the, mm-hmm. the title against United. Outside of that, there's never been a game, especially for the character and the personality that he is. I think he does not command games enough. You are Paul Pogba. Pogba, boom, Pogba. <laughs> Make your... Like, I feel like there's, yeah. there's much more in there in terms of talent and in terms of 
a character who can be that guy that the likes of Roy Keane and Paul Scholes are looking for to, you know, drive on United as a brand. Like, that's why they brought you back. You know, you, you, are, you are the fan favorite. Make the fans want you for something beyond your social media presence. And I feel like because of that, all these other players who are not, you know, you know, respected or given as much media coverage as him are just doing their jobs and doing it well week in, week out. And because of that, that inconsistency that Pogba has, I mean, I'm I'm tired. He's 27. We've been unlocking him for four years. It's over. Uh, he's he's not. He's just not. I think maybe we we overestimated his potential, but there was nothing in there yeah. anymore. I mean, he's washed. For me to defend Pogba, I'll, I'll just say a couple of things. One, the injuries haven't really helped him. I know his ankle and stuff like that has has really been a problem for him. Um, on the points Pogba made him being played in like his his perfect position. Um. For me, that's like the left side of a midfield three, which I feel is similar to like the diamond. But my United also don't play like a four-three-three. So, in 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 the Premier League, mm-hmm. I think he has a lot more defensive um, responsibilities than he did in Juventus because mm-hmm. of the system. I mean, in a three-five-two, he didn't really have that much defensive responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But in any system he plays in Man United, because of his his, I think because of his own, like, great physical, his strength, his speed, people expect him to be able to, like, win area duels, to tackle and stuff like that. So maybe that's why he's, he's being put in those positions. And I felt it was it was interesting listening to his post-match press, his post-match interview, where he said he, he knows he gave away a stupid penalty, but he doesn't really believe, he knows in his, he knows his game, and he's not as good in the defensive side of the game and that you have to get better i mean i felt that was an honest thing to say but i also felt that it was it was it was a strange thing to admit right right after the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let me ask you this after this season would you be happy if your club sells for charlie if we can cut our losses wow. i don't mind selling him because so far he has not shown us on a consistent basis mm-hmm. And it's getting long. Four years. How many more years yeah. do you want to wait for you to at least? I mean, <laughs> like, and that's the problem that if we can get some money for him, the problem is that for the system money in place, we can get another midfielder who doesn't, is not as fancy as Pogba. And the system will still work. Even Van de Beek yeah. can come and play yeah. Pogba's position and the system will still work. And yeah, yeah so I mean, if we can get Jack, Jack the man, Grealish, Oh, child, I'll be happy. Okay. I'll be okay. happy. Yeah. I mean, well, even... I still think any mm-hmm. of the teams in like the top six will take Pogba happily. I think Liverpool will oh, yeah, take him, City will course. take him, Chelsea will take him. Arsenal and that's the problem. Yeah. And that's the problem is that at the end of the day, he's an ex-academy player. Mm-hmm. He knows only from the reserves. And I doubt man you really want to sell him, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he's part of the project we are trying to build. Yeah. Especially since Oli has come back. Mm-hmm. My, my problem with Pogba though is that he needs to simplify some aspects of his game in order to improve. Mm. Every time and every now and every there are so many games where he's in the middle of the pitch and he thinks he's still in training, where he daily dallies on the ball too much. I'm not trying to say he's the bad player or anything. The Brenner gets the ball. He doesn't waste too much that time on the One ball. touch pass. He picks. Yeah. He tries to like swivel 10 in the middle of the box and he gets caught out of the position mm-hmm. too much. And I feel like he's smart enough to stop doing that. 
but he keeps on doing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why is he still doing it? And I feel like for Poba, I thought the, the, the signing of Bruno would take pressure off, take pressure off Poba's hands. But I think the main problem with Poba is Amanu. The pressure is too much. We signed him for so much money. The media is always bashing him. And they feel like, yeah. and he feels like he has, he needs to do so much. Mm-hmm. There's no really playing with freedom, mm-hmm. as you see with him in France. And I feel like that's the main problem. He feels so much yeah. pressure yeah. when he puts on the United States. Yeah. But it's a long season. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe this might be the season where he shows that Charlie. Yeah. yeah. I wish the best for him. I really do. I really do. Because he's such a he's such a fantastic player. I just need to see him get yeah, to the eyes. I'll, I'll give the last word on this Pogba debate to Park of you. Um, in basketball, they have a term, you know, building your team around like your franchise player. Mm-hmm. I don't think Manchester United have ever built a squad to bring out the best attributes of Pogba. Mm-hmm. If they really wanted mm-hmm. to get the best out of Pogba, they would have signed Thomas Partey. They, you see, Pogba has never had that guy. The reason why Pogba has to defend in the first place is because there's no sweeper midfielder, a defensive presence that... See, that's why they have Kante in France. Kante just handles all the dirty work. Okay, I'll scrap it up. So he gives Pogba the freedom to create. Mm-hmm. In Juventus, he had the, like, Claudio Marquisio. And you, you know, he had PLO to, you know, keep you pushing. So it allowed him to create. My thing is that, yes, in the four years, Pogba hasn't, you know, lived up to what we were seeing at Juventus. That being said, I don't think Pogba has been horrible, you know. Oh, definitely not. Like, there's quality. You know, I'm someone who's like, if the player is quality, you play him. Because Pogba is the kind of person on his day can win a match for you out of nothing. Like, I feel like you're better with Pogba in the side mm-hmm. as opposed to having Pogba out of the side. Okay. I know, yes, Van der Beek is there, but, like, I feel somebody needs to sit him down and be like, yo, f- cut out all the noise, cut out everything. Just for one season, play your game. Just play. Don't Don't listen to it. Just play your game. And I think that's when you see the best out of Pogba. Either that or we all know his famous agent, you know, uh, Don Mino. Uh, Don Mino <laughs> will find him a club somewhere else, you know. And it would be a shame. Madrid, yeah, Madrid Chris, is someone you know, like him. Chris is finished at this like, level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like Pogba would be the kind of player where you see him go and he fits into a system and he's balling. Like, Let's say Manchester United get a player like Milinkovic Savic. Yes, that would work perfectly for Manchester United, but would you say Milinkovic Savic is a better player than Pogba? No. You know, so it's interesting. All right. right. Yes. Floyd, let's come back to you. So Leicester Wolves. Who do you think who do you think is going to edge in that Um, one? It's such a strange game. I, I don't know if... I, I don't think Leicester are going to have the, the core back. And I think it's pretty much going to be the side we saw mm-hmm. against Leeds that is going to be fielded. And because of that, I think Brendan Rodgers will have to play the, mm-hmm. the same 3-4-3. Three, three. And if he's going to play that mm-hmm. system against Wolves, um, Wolves who are well-drilled and this is their, you know, that's their, their thing. 
it might be tough for Leicester. They're going to have to rely on, you know, Vardy taking his chances. But I think Wolves will, will dominate that game. Um, I'll go for a 1-1 one, one draw because Wolves will dominate, but I don't think they'll take their chances as well as Jamie Vardy and, and the right of Paolo Branson. So, in a 1-1. One, one. And then, Parkofi, I think the last okay. game of the weekend... Arsenal come up against Aston Villa. Aston Villa, who are reeling from two defeats. What do you think is going to happen? 5 0 Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know if I heard that correctly. I believe five I heard 5 0 to the Arsenal. Let me write it down. 5 0 to the Arsenal. Villa are going to why. win 2 1. <laughs> okay, I'm also writing that down. <laughs> Go ahead. Thomas Partey, you see, one thing I've realized about Mika Teta against teams that, you know, we should be beating, mm-hmm. in the first half, he wants high pressure, get the early goal. We saw it against Leicester, we couldn't take our chances. Now that Partey is acclimatized, I think this game will see Danny Ceballos, you know, more of the spicy midfielders, more creative. Mohamed El General. Oh. We'll, you know, watch, take a back seat. Let's, okay. you know, say bios coming. And I think just from the start, we're going to put pressure on Villa. Mm-hmm. I feel like Villa's defense is something we can get at. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the early goal. We'll score a goal within the first 10 minutes. I think wow. I'm, I'm, I'm penning Lacazette down for a brace. And yeah, I think this is finally the time. We'll be up 3-0 by halftime. Watch it. Yeah. No, actually, I'm so serious. Like, actually, I've Koku, seen the whole game play out. Koku changed my prediction. Villa, 2-0. Emi Martinez will have the game of his life. <laughs> <laughs> that guy will not consider <laughs> goal. Uh, watch it. Watch yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one more segment to get to. And this is... A new segment question from a fan. If you want to participate in this segment, just we we will post this on our Twitter page. Just reach out at checking underscore var. This question comes from at M R N U N X X. I'm very sorry if I butchered your Twitter handle. But he's a Chelsea fan and he says, Should I sell Trent in my FPL? And who should I replace him with? Those of us who play FPL. What do we have? Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I haven't played FPL since 2017. But I'd say you just leave him in there. I don't know how. I think he costs a lot. And okay. you just leave Trent in there. Clean sheets won't come, but there's a likelihood of an assist. If you're going to replace him, if you really want to replace him, look at like maybe a Ted Zuma, maybe a, a Vestergaard at Southampton, because they seem to get in the box and, mm-hmm. you know, they win aerial duels, they get headers in the opposing box as well, so they can make a goal or two. Southampton seem pretty stable as well, so they might be getting some clean sheets in the like coming weeks. So yeah, you don't have to sell him if you wanted to Zuma or Vestergaard right. be my replacement. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I would advise you to sell Trent sell as quickly as possible that seven million can be spent better elsewhere get zuma right now he's about five he's going to go up because he's scoring goals you can get vestergaard as well 
Southampton are a well-drilled side. They won't concede a lot of goals. And Vestergaard scores goals. Um, you can also get Reese James or Ben Chilwell. James good at crossing. Ben Chilwell takes corners from the left, so they might get assists as well. All right, well, we have come to the end of another episode. And thank you all so much for listening with us. Thank you to our two guests, Floyd and Aubrey Palmer, from coming on. Guys, do you have anything you want to Wait, say? Wait, I have a final comment. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. The floor is yours. Please, if you want to win $100, please go to Floyd's Twitter page. He asks us, he says Spurs is winning the league. And if you retweet that tweet, he will give you $100 <laughs> if they don't win. <laughs> so you have heard it here first. <laughs> On Checking Bar Podcast, please go and retweet <laughs> that tweet <laughs> and comment at Checking Bar and you will win $100. I'm going to retweet that right now. <laughs> Again, I'd like to say a very, very big thank you to, to the crew here at Checking Bar for extending the invites i mean it's it's been so much fun being on the pod um everything i imagined it to be and i I must say i'm definitely looking forward to coming back actually even before we end please listeners when you listen to this podcast please tweet hashtag checking for because we are we are tracking it now and those who consistently do it you know this luckily enough this show has some very nice underground sponsors and they are willing to give away things such as cash prizes, FIFA 21, or a jersey of your choice. So please, hashtag checking VAR, and a lucky one of a lucky listener will get a very nice, nice prize. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in and listening. We hope we've been able to brighten up your day and help you enjoy the game that we all love. Thank you so much, love, from us here at Checking Va, and goodbye.